Caraglio, rebote. ¡Qué atacada del arquero! Viendo a los seis que esperan el servicio, rebote. ¡Jurado! 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 state of mind podcast we're back after a short little hiatus i think we took like two weeks off but we're back and better than ever uh i'm antonio your host i got ness with me ness where you at man right here you know chilling at fmf state of mind also here i'm glad to be back it's been a couple weeks i know we feel lazy at times but it's something where you can just kind of catch up on it as far as national team news and all it's not team originated we don't we're not obligated to do a episode every single week you know kind of drag ass so we come here we bring our energy <laughs> exactly just whenever we got stuff to talk about when stuff needs to be done that's when we do it but it's just me and Ness today we got a special episode for you guys today it's going to get a little heated there's going to be some debate there's going to be some disagreements because what are we doing today? We are ranking the top five Liga MX players in every position. Uh, the reason we wanted to do it, um, I've just seen a lot of you know different podcasts from different sports do this. I've seen a, I've seen it a lot in the NBA where they rank the top twenty or top ten players in the league. So I thought that'd be great to do for Liga MX, but it's hella hard to do a top ten all players list for Liga MX and soccer. We'd be here all day. Probably. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's so like how do you even compare a center back with a striker like I don't even know I, I wouldn't know how to do that so we decided to cut up into the positions um goalkeeper defender midfielder forward not every position honestly obviously but top five we thought that it'd be a fun thing to do hopefully you guys enjoy it hopefully you guys hit up hit us up with feedback because uh, we know everyone's going to disagree with these lists <laughs> like that's just inevitable we know how much debate there is in the Liga Mekis English community. Yep. So I can't wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. We're gonna piss a lot of people off, but let's just get right into it. We're gonna start off with goalkeepers. Uh, Ness, I'm gonna let you go first. Give us your top five, whatever order you want, and why. Top five, top five goalkeepers. And this is this is another thing too. And you know, you're kind of contemplating this. You kind of think about the the past tournament and this current tournament it's like i just want i just want to hear from you first what did you take into more account currently or just you know recent past like i i went based on all my lists i went with kind of i did factor in like how you know how their season is going so far and stuff but i i mostly went with just like overall talent you know what i mean and overall like 
if I need, you know, so for goalkeepers, who do I trust more? If I need a, a, a stop or whatever, if I, you know what I mean? If the game's on the line, who do I trust more? That's yeah. kind of how I geared toward it. All right. So I'm going to start off with my top five, starting Go off forward. with number five, which Sebastian Jurado, which is an amazing goalkeeper for Tiburones de Veracruz. And he's someone where he kind of doesn't give anybody else an excuse as to other Mexican keepers while they're not being called to the national team because he plays for the, the worst-ranked team, and I think got honestly, oh, the past two, three yeah. tournaments. And they're probably going to be relegated. And the, the story is a shit show. We're going to get into that later, but he's one of those players where you, you want to have him there. He's an amazing stat shopper. What the hell did you just say? Dot shopper, dot shopper, dot shopper. Not the best, or or else they would have won more. But <laughs> just just a great example. You can only do so a, much. Exactly, exactly. So he he's one of those players that has to make the list. And if it's between him or Chewy Corona, it's like I'm 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 putting him over him every single time because Corona's on his way out. He you know oh, yeah. he'll have good games like the one against Atletico, but uh, uh, a lot of the time he kind of falls reluctant to kind of make that one or two saves that could save Cruz Azul. And, you know, they're near the bottom of the table as Chivas are. I think they're a couple spots away. So something you take a look at and you're just like, well, he's partly to blame for that as well. And not only for their defensive goals also, but I got him at five. And then at four, I got Sebastian Sosa, which Morelia oh, keeper, amazing hair, first and foremost. Jesus Christ, I'm talking about <laughs> The amount of gel in this guy's hair, it could, it, it, it could write a, it, it could, there could be a book written just on his hair alone. He doesn't get fades either. He's not one of those guys. Oh no, no, no fades at all. Jesus Christ! It, you look at that thing from the front, business in the front, and then party in the back. You don't know what to expect. <laughs> it's like a mullet. It's ridiculous. But the, the guy's played really amazing. I know EA's made a goalkeeper of the month for Liga MX a couple times already, as far as on a monthly basis and. You know, Morelia and all they've done this season where Ligia is damn near guaranteed now for him, the way that they played. And it's something that you want to do see, especially out of your wine keeper, because you see a lot of Argentine keepers and they kind of dominate the headlines. But he's one of those players that you see and you're like, oh, well, you know, that, that's a good thing to have there because it brings a little bit more diversity. And when you think of Morelia, you're not thinking about a good goalkeeper at first. So it's nice to have him represented. So that's why I put him at number four. And number three, I got Rodolfo Cota. It's uh, it might be some nostalgic uh, Chivas memories that are feeling that, but definitely he's he he's not the best when it comes to his feet work. But honestly, when it comes to saves, oh yeah, we know that still, from the his agility and he's like a wall at times where he he kind of comes up on those corners and he comes out and he's aggressive with those. But also when there's a you know there's there's a shot going in the top bottom right, he gets to that ball and with this heightened stack and how short he is and everything else kind of going against him, he finds a way and he's some more he's someone that you never hear make excuses for anybody, and it's a shame he's not Chivas anymore because he's dearly missed, but he's one of the players and one of the reasons Leon plays so well, especially on the counter attack. So that's one player that you do like to see succeed in. Liga MX, that's basically won every every single trophy that there is to win in, in Liga MX, not only with Leon, but with Chivas also. And then at number two, I have Memo Ochoa. I have him at number one, which is Jesus Christ. It's like, you remember when Di Maria went to like Manchester United and you were like, this this will be good, right? This is going to be great. And it, it wasn't great. His house was getting robbed. There was a whole bunch of shit missing. Uh, yeah. His family wasn't comfortable. You know, just things along those lines. He, he felt kind of those growing pains at the, at the 
at, at America with Memo Ochoa those first few weeks where he was kind of getting blamed for a lot of stuff. It, honestly, I don't great. believe it was all him. Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the Medica's defense and the fact they need to kind of restructure and revamp that, especially with trading players like Pablo Aguilar and other players that are really detrimental. And then you got Paul Aguilar, the you know the Mexican right back that's getting really old and he can't do as good as he used to, not only in tracking back, but overall defense capabilities with the fast wingers and counterattack pacing that happens in league IMAX. it's a really a young man's game so i think memo show is starting to finally find his rhythm and you see his past few games and he's doing really good he's he's being named player of the match by league IMAX and coming up on i think he's 250 competitive games yeah i think it was today actually yeah today actually which would be friday and um, it's a player that you actually really like to see out there, not only for the Mexico national team, but somebody you know you can trust between the sticks. And then for number one, this guy is usually in every single final. He makes not only aggressive off the ball, especially when uh, in, in counterattacking, playing league on legs, which is honestly the most important thing. Very aggressive. You know, he, he'll, he'll come out and you'll be a great person, you know, that'll, that'll be playing whenever the ball's coming towards him, be very aggressive with it, but not to the point where he'd be like, Augustine, much to see that, you know, because not his own partners and everybody like that. He always seems to have a positive attitude about everything, and Degadevs are always in a final and always doing well. Wait, wait, did you say the name? Did you say who No, I, I haven't said the name yet, but now okay. who's not at number one. All right. And a lot of the reasons that I just listed, but Degadevs, they the reason that they're in a lot of these things and kind of, you know, you hear about Gignac, you hear about all these other players that are in there and, you know, stuck at Tigres for the rest of their lifetimes with the lifetime contracts that they signed with Tuca Ferretti. It's kind of like selling your soul over there. Say, like, Jesus Christ. He's like, you want playing time, kid? Come on in. If not, we'll throw you to Ascenso or hopefully Chivas will take you, if not, for a cheaper rate. But he's somebody that's that you want to have in between the sticks and you know that is going to come up big in crunch time when it goes to that 80th, to that 92, 93rd, 94th, 95th minute. I want that guy, and I'm going to trust that guy to make that save. And he's Argentine. What isn't there to love? Especially his accent. So, yeah, that's my top five. I'm interested to hear yours, and if you have any complaints with mine. Oh, so, first of all, before we move on to mine, just list your top five again. Um, not saying anything more, but just the names from five to one. So, to remind so people. Five to one would be Sebastian Jurado. Number four would be Sebastian Sosa. Number three, Rodolfo Cota. Number two, Memo Ochoa, and number one, Noel Guzman. Right. A lot of similarities between your lists and mine, actually. At number five, I also went with uh, Sebastián Jurado. I think um, there was a lot that I was considering, you know, just like some honorable mentions to give a shout to, um, you know, Jonathan Orozco from Santos, um, you know, national team goalkeeper. Um, Rodolfo Cota was actually on my honorable mentions. I didn't have him in the top five, but I, you know, we we know how solid he is, how solid he's been with Chivas and now at León. Um, even with his advanced age, he's probably better than he's ever been in his career. And then also to Ivan Vasquez from FC Juarez, who doesn't get a lot of attention because of Juarez, but he's actually done a really good job in their first year up. Um, but other than that, I had to put Sebastián Jurado at five. I mean, just from his age he's so solid you know that you usually don't see keepers come out and be as great as they can be until like years later when they're around 
maybe well, 25. Tell you what, he's, he's had a lot of practice. <laughs> he did, he has. No, yeah. yeah. And I'm glad Veracruz in the in the free fall that they're in, you know, last season or was it the season before that? Um, you know, let them take the wheel basically and was like, "Here kid, you know, you're the starting goalkeeper for us." And, you know, that resulted in him never winning a single game until this past weekend against Puebla, but he finally got it. But he's been really solid. He's he he has I think the second most saves in the league this season. I think he led the league in saves last season. Um, so you know that just shows you. I mean, he's taken a lot of shots, guys. It's honest, been a cruz. You 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 stand in front of that goal, you're gonna end up blocking some shots, and the Veracruz gets shot at a lot. They so get a I don't lot know if that of ratio shots. is fair or not. <laughs> I, I I looked up how much shots they've given up this season. Um, they've given up 95 shots on target. That's not even counting the ones off target. And that's not counting the ones that they just played tonight because we're recording this on Friday and they just played against America. I don't know how many shots America recorded, but they take a lot. And, and Jurado so saves a lot of zero And Henry Martin had a hat trick. There you go. Look at that. But don't take, don't let that take it away. <laughs> don't take anything away from Jurado. Um, you know, Henry Martin scoring hat tricks on him, but don't let that take anything away from this kid. He's great. He just got his first uh, senior national team call up, which we'll talk about later. Um, so hopefully we see him, you know, get into the game against Panama or Bermuda or, you know, at least one of the games. But that's why I have a number five. Number four, number four and this is the only one that, that I have different from yours, is Camilo Vargas from Atlas. Um, he has been tremendous. Oh, he's he's been, he's been, listen, listen. He's been their best player by far, I think, for that team. Uh, one of the best signings of the offseason. Uh, you know, national team keeper for Colombia, the second choice behind David Ospina. And he's he's been great. He has, I think, about, um, I forgot how many, 55 saves. Um, so not as high as other keepers, but like I said, other teams get shot at more often. Um, he's just been he's just been great. He's really changed the the, the team around. Because before him, they had, I think, Pepe Hernandez, who's, you know, around Sebastián Jurado's age, but nowhere near as, you know, uh, nowhere no, nowhere near as big as an impact-wise as Jurado is. So uh, Vargas really came and, you know, cleaned that up. I think he's a really great keeper and probably one of, probably one of the signings of, of the year. And then at number three, I have Sebastián Sosa. Pretty much for all the reasons that you listed earlier. Um... He's one of the he's he, he's a great penalty saver first and foremost. He brings a lot of energy. He brings a lot. I you know like you said the hair and I don't know if you've noticed, but those 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 goalkeeper shirts that he wears are really tight. Like you can see everything from there. He oh, has yeah. his own style. Everything. For sure. Jesus I mean, Christ! It's at least nothing not, to the imagination. It's like a Vegas strip club. It, exactly, and he's not he's not no, you know, he ain't no model out here. He's 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 built. He's built like something else, but you can see everything. But uh, I have him at number three. Uh, I'm, you know, I don't really have to say more. I think you you said it yourself. That he he was voted uh, Player of the Month as a goalkeeper earlier than the season, and he gave him a special card. So that tells you everything you need to know about how great of a season he's having, how great of a season Morelia is having. If he was not their keeper, they definitely would be in a worse position. Uh, and then at number two, I have um, number two. I have Nahuel Guzman. And he would have been number one had it not been for this for the next man that I'm gonna name. Y'all probably already know who it is, 
But yeah, Nahuel Guzman, he's always been a solid keeper ever since he got to Mexico with Tigres. Um, over the years, it's it's literally just been either him or Marchesin um, fighting for the number one, fighting for the top goalkeeper in Liga Mekis spot. Um, and you know what? What else can we say about him? He's he's a character, man. He no one, no other goalkeeper has as big of a ego, as big of a character as Nahuel Guzman. He he's he's great with his feet. He loves to come out of his box. He steps up in big games when he needs to. You know, um, in all the finals that Tigres have been in, he's been key in a lot of them. Uh, so, you know, what more needs to be said? Um, he's he's great. And last year, I think I calculated it. Last season, he had the highest save percentage of any goalkeeper in the league at about at around like 75%. I think this year it's similar. So, you know, um, Tigres don't get that many shots in, at, let's say, Veracruz or other teams. But the little that they do... Um, you know, you'd be willing to bet that Nahuel Guzman's going to save him. And then number one, I have Memo Ochoa. Just because, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I wanted to go with overall talent. And just like if I need a goalkeeper to trust, who am I trusting? And Memo Ochoa is, for right now, still the best goalie in Liga Mekis. Just from everything he's done, just from, you know, he's he's the guy you want still. He's had a down year. It's been a it's been a pretty bad homecoming for his standards. Um, I think everybody expected a lot more, but like you said, it's not all his fault. America has surely um, taken a step down this this tournament, whether it be for injuries or other reasons. Um, but you know, it was only this summer that people were calling him the best goalkeeper of all time for Mexico. And whether you want to debate that or not, whoa, I don't know. Whoa, you got too much dip on it, Chip. That's whoa, what people whoa, were whoa, saying. Whoa. That's not that. I'm not saying Jorge that I was Campos, saying that. Though? That's what people all were right, saying. Jorge Campos or Memo Ochoa? Are you asking me? Yeah. You see, it's because I didn't we're see... We're going to piss off a lot of people. <laughs> uh, see, it's because I didn't see Jorge Campos play. So that's why I can't have a, a legitimate opinion on this. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, you're gonna hit me with the LeBron argument. You're gonna be like, "Well, you know, LeBron's the greatest I ever seen. I never got to see Jordan play." <laughs> I mean, that's different though, because I still say Jordan's number one. But, Jordan number one. There ain't no question. All you LeBron stands. I'm sorry, but it's but uh, I'm from Chicago, and that's sacrilege. If we ever hear any talk <laughs> like that, it's on site. But for real, I, I I don't know if Ochoa is the greatest keeper of all time for Mexico, just because I was not around to see the peak Campos. From from what I've been hearing, the most people I've talked to say still say that Campos is the greatest. So that yeah. that, that that's I, it there. I still hear Campos too, but it, it is highly debated and is you sway one way or another. But I will say this: Campos never had the impact that Ochoa has on on two World Cups, not just one, two. The eighteen and fourteen. I don't think Campos ever had that big of an impact at a World Cup like no, Ochoa. No, but Ochoa never won a Confederations Cup. That's true. That's true. We could be here all day, but I still think Ochoa Good. is the best goalie in in in, in the league. I make he's just from purely talent level. He's clearly the most um, naturally talented. I think there's no debating that. I mean, you know, best he, hair in the game, best hair in the game, best best natural ability. I mean, he can fly, man. He can fly and and save him from at any angle possible. Just not this season. But anyway. Yeah, unless he's at Granada, then Jesus this... Christ, everything's coming through. Just bring the bus in. Go ahead, bring him in. 
So, you know, to recap, five, Sebastián Jurado, four, Camilo Vargas, three, Sebastián Sosa, two, Nahuel Guzmán, and one, Memo Choa. I think it's a pretty solid list, and we had similar keepers, so I think, you know, I don't think people can be too mad at us, but let's move on to defenders already. Uh, you want to go first again, or you want me to? I'll go first. Uh, right. My top five. Five is not Diego Reyes. Four is also not Diego Reyes. Three is <laughs> who the hell thought Diego Reyes deserved to be on this list? Two is who is Diego Reyes? And one is is Diego Reyes employed right now? No, <laughs> just, I don't think he is. Where just, is he? He's that thing it is right now. I, is he again? He sold his soul. Yeah, it's done. It's a wrap. Jesus Christ, he's never getting out of that contract. Yeah, it's over for him. I'd say, you know, he wouldn't be able to go to Europe, but we all saw how that worked out, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, when I, saw, when I saw Benzema just putting uh, I forgot who sent an in-pass at Real Madrid when he was playing at Federbache that last year. And then I think the ball went straight through his legs, and then Benzema was at the second post just all alone and just tapped it in. And I'm just like, Jesus oh, Christ. Lord. I was like, I don't know if this guy's going to have a job anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't even know that that happened. Good lord! Less than a month later, he wasn't with the team anymore. Better so, you know, bocce. So, that was uh, nice so, in Turkey. So, <laughs> it sounds it like a bad movie. It's like nights in Turkey with Ray. You know, <laughs> it sounds like a bad buddy cop film. All right, so what are you starting at? Defenders? Is that what you want to go to? Yeah. Let's just All go right. up the pitch. Now, number five is gonna might piss some people off, but Cesar Montes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you didn't expect that, huh? Yeah. All right, I didn't, some, but let's, let's, let's hear your reason. I got to throw a Mexican in here. It's in my contract. They said I have to. <laughs> <laughs> but now Cesar Montes goes, Monterrey, you know, CCL champions not too long ago. He was part of that good run. And he, I know he's injury prone. I know, I know. But when he is on the pitch, he's one of the best defenders in Liga MX. And it's one of the players that I was been really hoping that Chivas would be able to pick up. So anytime now, you know, especially with Pelé is there now, any, any, anything is possible. So, you know, we'll see how that works out. But he's one of the players that when he is healthy on the pitch, he's somebody that is aggressive. He's not afraid to get in front of players. He's not afraid to get into fights with players, especially on corners. And he's someone that, even though he's slim, he knows how to use his build to get the advantage over a stronger player, which especially on counter-attacking Liga MX, where it's everything. That's something that you do want to see in a player like that. And somebody that was in Mexico youth team and someone that hopefully still has a bright future with the Mexico national team. And, you know, now that a whole Definitely. bunch of guys are starting to come home, it starts kind of opening up the question. It's like, well, if Salcedo is also in Liga MX, you know, and he's playing with Tigre, as he's not doing so well, it's like if Cesar Montes is having a better season than him, then should it Cesar be called up more? So you start getting into that argument more and... You know, we still got the Nesso Rajos in Spain and all, but we do need to see Liga MX represented more in the national team. And it, it just can't all be foreign internationals because there has to be a good mix of it. And I think Tata understands that. So I wouldn't be surprised in the near future if you see something like that happen. And uh, I have number four, Luis Rodriguez. I know. I know. I might as well have thrown okay. Chaka. You know, now I'm starting people, to question your credibility this, a little this, bit. This a few people off, but, you know, it, going into the. Uh, the uh, not only the Gold Cup as past summer, I had a lot, I had a lot of doubts, a lot of doubts. I was like, Jesus, this guy's up here. He's gonna be getting burned left and right, doing whatever. Honestly, he going off- offensively and as far as coming up in the attack, there's a couple goals and there was a key, couple key assists that he had. That there's 
there's no way I could have seen somebody else do that in that position, especially at right back. At left back, Mexico is very talented, but at right back, they're honestly really not. There's nobody there that's solidified that spot for them. So he's somebody that you know is going to play well. He's versatile. That's not the only position he can play, but it's one of the positions that he plays very well. Sometimes he will get beat off the ball. I'll give him that. That's the reason why he is at number four. But I just think that, you know, unless it's like Angulo or something like that, the left and right backs are Gallardo, aren't really represented in Liga MX, and it's starting to become scary because there's a lot of center backs, but no good left or right backs. And start worrying about the national team. We still have to keep calling up Layun, you know. Right. But I really do like the way he does play, especially going offensive wise. But there is a few things defensively. Sometimes he'll miss a marker. Sometimes he'll get beat. Sometimes he won't track back at times. But. That rarely ever so does happen under Tuca Ferretti's regime because he's pretty structured and organized with it. And, you know, when he got his head cut open and he was still out on the pitch and he just wrapped it all up, that just went to show his his passion for the game. And that's somebody that, you know, you're going to have to drag him off the field because he's going to be committed to trying to do his job. And you don't see too much of that nowadays, especially in the, you know, the more more divas you see in the league makes of people flopping every single chance they get. All right, so number three is actually going to be his his, his, uh, his teammate, Carlos Salcedo, which, you know, at Titan, we already know the physical body strength that he possesses on the defensive side. He is prone to make some dumbass mistakes. I'm not going to lie to you about that. There's a lot of shit that I see Carlos Salcedo where it'll just, it'll be a momentary lapse in judgment, and you're just like, what the hell were you thinking? And he, there's a few games that he'll have where it won't be the best, but for the most part, those 70 to 80% of the time, he's doing a pretty amazing job. He uses his physicality very, very well. And, you know, that's something that he has over players like Cesar Montes or, you know, other players in the center back position where it, you know, where they have to do more so positioning. He could be a little bit more forceful. He can try to push the players around a little bit, see how much he can get away with on the corner kicks and overall just kind of help get under people's skin a little bit more. And it's not, doesn't hurt that he's pretty good with his feet as well when he played it. Florentina, he was actually a right back over there, so he got pretty accustomed to being able to play well with the ball. So that's something that you like in a player, especially one at Tigres, where you know Hugo Ayala is always also there, so you know he might be learning from him as well. All right, then at number two is Pablo Aguilar from Cruz Azul. I felt when America let this guy go, they took a dip in quality, especially defensive wise. He is Paraguayan, and there's not really much I can say about him other than when he's in a starting lineup, he's going to be solid. You can go on sofa score, and his rating's probably not going to dip below a 7 because he's just going to play a great game. He's going to be disciplined. If it's Even if there's a counterattack and he's the last person there and there's, it's a two-on-one situation, you expect him to sit back until he makes the right decision or he waits for somebody else to mess up. And, that's that's uh for a player you don't see that too often with defenders that they have you know all respects to a lot of those guys but a lot of them hard as discipline and a lot of times they have more laughs and judgment than you'd like but probably got is solid and that is a player that i do like in league mx as a whole and even though he is starting to get up there in the older age i think he's 32 at this point or a little bit older if i'm not mistaken he uh he, he still has to sacrifice his quality the pace might not be there as he used to be a couple of years ago but he is still very very good and then number one i'm gonna butcher the shit out of his name but morelia gabriel achi achiar number one yep Ooh. all right number i want to hear this He's just great position-wise. He rarely has a lapse in judgment. And if he does commit a mistake, I saw an old goal earlier this season 
that was that was just that just happened to be by some freak accident chance where he couldn't even seen that coming but his positioning is always great and amazing he's always in a spot where he needs to be at the most time i i'm not the only person to say this i've heard other people just in general just rave about him the guy mixing this community i'm not you know this isn't a a, a, a well-kept secret but he's he's honestly one of the if not the best in my opinion the best defender in Liga MX nowadays because not only does he play that central role he's very aggressive especially when he comes to other players and he has that strength as you know where it highlights where people like Salcedo he'll have lapses in judgment where Achiato won't and he'll make sure he's in good positioning and you know you'll rarely ever see him slide and if it does it'll be a latch stitch effect one of one of the things you always want to look for in defenders is uh I forgot what his name was that he played for Milan I think it was uh, Nass or I, I, I forget. But one of the, the quotes that always sticks with me as a, a defender, his position that I used to play heavily, was if you're sliding, it's like you, you should never have to slide in a game because that just means that you gave up poor positioning and that's on you as far as not being disciplined on the defensive side of the ball. So that's something that's always stuck with me and that's one of the players that you'll rarely ever see commit a mistake. And if he does, it was one of the things where it was a good idea. It just might have not been executed well, as I said that Ongor earlier this season. But he's a big reason why Morelia has been playing very well and has over the past few years. You know, they might run into a bad manager. They might not be able to do good offensively. But, you know, the pillars of the defense as Sosa and Achiar also in the back make it very compelling for them to be able to make a run to the Gia as they currently are. So you'll see him having a good season up to this point. And, you know, the sky's the limit, with, especially if guys like this can excel. Cesar Montes at five. At four, I got Luis Rodriguez. At three, I got Carlos Salcedo. At two, I got Pablo Aguilar. And at one, I got Gabriel Achier. Awesome. All right. So now for mine, um, to be like, for defenders, I mainly uh, – started to do this is where i really started to do some digging because it's kind of hard to get there's so many of them obviously in the league so you know i, I had to get onto sofa score i had to get on those stat sites and you know do a little digging and that kind of affected my list a little bit but so here doing it is your research doing your googles exactly uh so i had like the goalkeepers i had some honorable mentions to uh alan mozo from pumas uguayala from tigres Mateus Doria from Santos and Martin Nervo from Atlas and Sebastian Vegas from Morelia. Those are the ones that uh, I kind of almost put on the list, but just didn't quite make it. So at number five, the right back from Querétaro, Jesus Escobosa. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Antonio. I am editing the podcast right now, and apparently I'm five years old and don't know my left from my right. Jesus Escobosa is a left back at Querétaro, not a right back. Jesus Christ. All right, back to the show. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. Who the hell is this? I know Querétaro doesn't get a lot of media attention, but Jesus Escobosa probably, like I said about Camilo Vargas earlier, one of the signings of the summer for or the fall or whatever for Liga MX. This, this guy was, you know, left for dead pretty much. If you guys remember, he he came up from the Santos youth system, was pretty good, a pretty highly touted prospect from Liga Mekis. Um, I remember Pio Herrera actually took him to, um, he didn't take him to the World Cup, I don't think, but he did take him to the the repechaje with New Zealand and stuff like that. Um, so he, w- he was on the national team radar, but then he kind of just fell off. I remember he went to Puebla for a little bit, 
Um, he ended up in Dorados in the Ascenso MX last year with, uh, with Maradona as his coach. And I don't know if that has something to do with it, but now he's with Queretaro and he's just been killing it. He is one of the best right backs of this season. Just um, he gets up a lot. He has, I think, three goals, um, four assists. Uh, and that's something I really like in the fullback positions for them to get up there and start contributing to, to the attack. I know a lot of people might prefer the old school, you know, defenders, but I like my fullbacks to go run up there and get involved. And Jesus Cobosa definitely does that. He's, he looks like his old self. He's one of the uh, most important players for Querétaro. He's always affecting the game in one way or another. If you go on to Silva score, he is the highest rated defender. So that tells me that he's been you know, doing great this season. So I had to include him in the top five list. Um, even though he, he doesn't have a storied career, I think he still deserves a number five. At number four, I have William Tecillo from León. Uh, he's he's a player that actually started off. I think he started off as a midfielder, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. When he when he got to Leon at first, he started kind of as a as like a holding mid midfielder, but then he kind of switched on over to the fence. Now he's a center back for them. Um, and you know, ever since he's moved there, you know, that's when Leon started. You know, when Nachambriz got there, Leon started on their way up back to the top of Liga Mekis, and that's where they've stayed. Um, he's a, he has a really great partnership with um, whoever is next to him, whether it be Gonzalez or Herrera or whoever is next to him in, in the Leon defense. Um, a Colombian national team player. Uh, it's not easy to break into. Um, Colombia's got a lot of players. You know, they got a lot of good center backs too, like Yerimina, Davinson Sanchez. But he breaks in there and he starts some games. So that tells me that he's very important to their you know national team process. Really good, uh, you know, just really good shot blocker. Really good. He, he's he's tall, you know. He's one of the tallest defenders in the league. So he he uses his body for good, and um, he he just really makes Leon a successful backline. He's one of the best backlines in the league, and he has a big deal to do with that. Then at number, I was number four. So number three, I have Carlos Salcedo, and you know you have, I think you have to include this guy in there, even though he has dipped in form a lot since he's been with Chivas. I think uh, if he if we were talking about those years, he'd probably be around number one. Um, but you know, ever since he came back from Europe, it hasn't been it hasn't been the same. But you know, like you said, Carlos Salcedo, one of the best defenders to to move around the pitch, one of the best with his feet. He's really great. He's a really great passing defender. Not many defenders can pass like he does. He has a really high pass percentage a really high uh, long ball percentage he gets those balls up there to the forwards and the midfielders and the wingers um and very versatile he can play any position in the back line you know he's played right back he's played both center back positions so we know he can not really much to be said about about this guy we all know hopefully he gets back to the level that he once was that'll be better for the mexican national team and for you know obviously for tigres in general so he's at number three and number two I have Brian Angulo from Puebla. Um, I said Escobosa is one of the best right backs. I think this this guy is the best right back in the league. Oh my God, there I go again. He is a left back, Antonio. Why can't you get it through your head? Brian Angulo and Jesus Escobosa are both left backs. God, who, who, who allowed me to have a podcast? I don't know. Um, and again, this is another fullback that loves to go up and get involved in the attack. He has a bunch of goals for Puebla. One of their top goal scorers has a right back. He always gets involved. 
in the offensive plays. Um, I think he's injured right now, so we haven't been seeing much of him. But he's definitely, every time I put on, every time I'm watching Puebla, I always hear any of the commentators say, you know, point him out and say, oh, this is the best right back in the league. This is the best right back in the league. And I agree. Do you? Do you agree with that? Yeah, never mind that uh, he's actually a left back and not a right back, as you keep saying. Uh, I don't even think I made this mistake this many times. Jesus. This is exhausting. He's 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 just uh, an incredible dribbler. He gets past players with ease. <clears throat> he can he doesn't just stick to the wings. He can go around in the middle. He's a great passer, a great crosser, and uh, you know, in, in terms of just affecting the outcomes for his team when he's on the pitch, Puebla have more of a chance to win. So that's why I have him at number two. And then at number one is Pablo Aguilar, and uh, I agree with you when you said that. Uh, America lost a big time star when they let him go, and uh, in t- you know just in terms of like that old fashioned defender, that hard nosed defending person, Pablo Aguilar is as good as they come. And I don't know if he's retired from the Paraguay national team or whatever because he hasn't been called up in a while, so he might be. But um, he he's clearly at the national team caliber. He's he, in my opinion, he's the best defender in the league. I mean, he's in whatever category you need him to do. If you need him to intercept a ball, if you need him for clearances, if you need him to block a shot, to tackle, he. If you need him to 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 be a threat in the air, he's always a threat in the air on corners, on free kicks. Um, he has an all-around game, and you know, I think when you have that in a center back, that's just that's perfect. You have. And that's why I think Rusud has the best set, not only the best center back, but the best defender overall in the league. What he does on the offensive side and on the defensive side. So that's my list. Uh, to recap, Jesus Cobosa at number five, William Tecillo at number four, Carlos Salcedo at three, Brian Angulo at one, and then Pop, or sorry, Brian Angulo at two, and then Pablo Aguilar at one. Eh, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, but uh, I, I like I like the Angulo, I like the Angulo mention. That's somebody that I wanted to mention too. But but yeah, that's my list for defenders. Let's go ahead and get into midfielders, which for me was the hardest one. There's so many good midfielders out there. Yeah. There so is, I don't think our lists are going to be too similar. Um, so why don't you go ahead and start us off? Number five, baby. Number five. You want you want to know who I got? Number five. Chopis Lopez. No question. I spell cap. You got him at number five? For real? Yep. Number five. You thought I, I was joking. smell a little no. bit of bias out here. A little bit of bias out here. I'm, I'm going to tell you what. There's, I think he's been the reason for all the Chivas wins this season, which call me crazy, but I think that's a legitimate theory. And I think we only had about two wins uh, with, without trophies. He's in a very instrumental player, especially on the field. He's somebody that isn't afraid to take the shot outside the box. You know, too often they get to the final third and everybody will be too complacent trying to find, you know, you, you like, the, like the show IT crowd. He's a joke. Just like the problem with Arsenal is that they always try to walk it in. You know, <laughs> where they could say that and no matter what time or what was going on, it would be correct because they're trying to play some sort, sort of beautiful type of style. Trophies is thrash. He comes up. He's going to try to take that shot. Doesn't matter if it's 30 or 40 feet away. He's confident in his abilities. And a lot of times, he ends up making those goals. He hasn't had the best season due to the injury that he had earlier. I know it kept him out for 
few weeks, at least almost I think a month, if not a month and a half. But he's a player that when he's when he is on the pitch and he gets the confidence from a coach, he's somebody that honestly just excels so much out there, and that's something that I want to see more of. It's a lot of in Chivas camp. It's either you want trophies to start or you want trophies off the bench. You might not even want to see him on the team. <laughs> I'm on the side that I want to see him play. I want to see him in a Chivas uniform. But honestly, I feel like he might be even better if he wasn't playing for Chivas, just because I feel like he wouldn't be held back as much as he has been. That's true for a lot of players. Huh? And, and and honest to God, that's the truth. If it was another team like FC Juarez, some, maybe something like that, he would get more exposure and he'd be more held on to and he'd be able to play that number 10 role, you know. But uh, currently we have players like Alan Polito, which we do rely on very heavily. And we have two guys like that that kind of demand possession of the ball. They kind of get in each other's way at a certain times. So you have to be able to know how to balance both of those type of player personalities at the same time and the coach. And, for Chivas coaches, which don't really know shit about coaching, it's really fucked up. <laughs> so there's somebody player that can make an impact, especially only with his passing, which at times create beautiful assists and flair that nobody else can see, or just the way he can find openings and spaces that nobody thought were even there. But that's why I have him at number five. At number four, I have Rodolfo Pizarro. I just saw a current picture of him tonight. Mm. He was actually man of the match for the game that Monterrey played tonight. See, I classified him as a forward. That's where I. That's where I, I understand. I, I used to classify him as a forward also until two years ago at the Gold Cup when he scored one goal off his chest. And I'm like, this guy's a midfielder through and through. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to play him like a number nine, like a C at like center forward, you know, kind of playing back, but. Trying to get up and score goals, and Jesus Christ, that goal cup went horrible for us. But Rodolfo Pizarro, somebody that has won everything with Chivas, he's currently at Monterrey, won CCL there this past season, and somebody that you always want to look out for on the pitch. He has this, he's at number four because he has a tendency to just fucking disappear. And I don't know if it's personal life or what it is. You never really hear much from him. He's not not really an extrovert on social media and everything, you know. Not everybody could be a social butterfly like Poyo saying, you know. But Pizarro is somebody that is when he's on the pitch, he can take control of the game. And you can't say that about a lot of midfielders. He might be able to dictate gameplay. He can take over the game. He'll find spaces, he'll find openings. He's quick. He'll literally he's greasy. He'll slide in and out of spots. And he'll find spaces where he's able to contribute, whether it be a goal or assist. He kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, when Kobe or Jordan would have an off day. Kind of somebody that comes to the game. And even if they're not playing well, they try to make everybody around them better. But the only thing is, he'll just disappear sometimes in that midfield. And he just, he'll just kind of be out there, like on cloud like on cloud nine or something. And you don't really know what's going on with them. But when he does show up, he's fucking fantastic. So that's why I got Pisadro there. And, you know, he dyed his hair purple, so. They dye hair purple, you kind of go up an up, upper echelon, you know? <laughs> Any hair color, I guess. Exactly, yeah. It's a certain <laughs> type of player. <laughs> but yeah, then at three, I got Edwin Cardona, which you could also classify okay. as a forward, but as somebody I feel like is in the midfield. Well, the way he's been looking, he looks like a fucking forward, because Jesus Christ, the guy got fat. Well, I don't know if he got fat or he just making it look a little bit harder than he usually looks for him. He did get he did get a little chubby though. I think he's I feel big. like last like season he was he's he's coming out a thing. It's like the other guy on the other side feels like he's returning like a punt for a team because he's about to get like crushed. Yeah, no, I, I see it. And the one that's coming through, you know, you think he's gonna crush you, and then he plays the perfect through pass to Victor Guzman, and they end up scoring a goal. 
you know, everybody in Pachuca, uh, like, celebrates because they won the Liga Mekis and then they wake up because that's not going to happen for a very long time. Just <laughs> 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 aside, they're my dark horse candidate for Liga this year, so, you know, hopefully they can actually do something, but, you know, they have a really good attacking uh, uh, front and he's one of the players that's a part of that, whether it be his assist, the Colombian is, he, he, the guy is talented, Jesus Christ. The amount of talent this guy has, you typically, Liga Max has gotten better and we, with leagues that do pay more, but you usually don't see this type of talent in Liga Max because it should be reserved for some type of European team. But thankfully, we are graced to be able to see him play. And whenever I turn the TV on and I'm seeing the Pachuca game, I'm glad I get to see that front play because the way they combine and link up is just honestly beautiful. And then at number two, I have Victor Guzman, his teammate as well, and somebody where, you know, kind of the same quality standpoint, they should be playing in Europe. I have no idea what the hell they're doing in Liga MX still. I feel like that injury he had a year ago really held him back, or else he'd be in Europe already. And but, why is he not in the national team picture? I know we'll get into that a little bit. but uh, that's, We'll, that's we'll, we'll get into that later, but that, 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 that is a very, very good point. I don't know, just the way the way, uh, the way Duca's doing it, no, the way Tata's doing it. Right now, maybe just trying to experiment, but he's a player I need to see. He's it's weird because he's he's on the cusp. He's in the middle, you know. When you talk about let's give these league on next guys a chance, you're not thinking about him because you kind of put him in that other category. And then you're like, right. let's give these European guys another call. And then you call the European guys, you're not really thinking about it. He might be just be somebody that's kind of just left out of the loop. That's a, a good bit. point. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because he's literally right there in the middle. Say you got two graphs, two circular graphs of league MX players, European players, and then you got him somewhere in the middle right there. There's you know, it's him and maybe one or two other people like Pisado or somebody else. But it's it, it, it's a hard situation to be in. But the sooner he moves to Europe, will be the better. I don't care yeah. if it's second. There's season. a rumor that he might go to PSV. If he goes to PSV, Jesus Christ, please go to PSV. Lozano just transferred out of there. You got Eric Gutierrez, which I feel like whenever he comes on, he's, he gets a goal or assist in the first 10 minutes. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, is it this easy over there? <laughs> <laughs> that would really help him. The Dutch I'd, game is I'd, something I'd, else. I'd really like to see him over there. And, you know, the, the Netherlands is one of the best places for a newer player to go, especially a Mexican player, where they're adjusting to a European life, and they'll usually have them set up with a personal chef and assistant. So that way they can start to kind of getting translator. So that way they can start learning the different language over there, or languages over there, because they speak more than, you know, one that you speak three to four languages. But as far as, you know, kind of getting accustomed to the food and, Getting somebody there that can actually cook them homemade food as well, and they can also have their family over there. So that's one of the. What's safety. better than that? There you go. Honestly, it's you can't ask for much more. You know, we saw Tecatito Corona do that with FC Twenty, and we've seen Lozano go through it with PSV. So we need more of that. And if that happens, yes, please, I'll take that. And I have at number two, I said Victor Guzman, and then at number one, I have Guido Rodriguez. Now, let me tell you, this fucking guy, he's he's a he's a fucking problem. That's a, he's he's a, he's an issue. I'm talking about the midfield. America has would not be able to operate the way it is without this one man. They would not be probably in the Gia contention without Memo Ochoa coming back and this man. And they wouldn't have done so well against Cruz Azul a couple of seasons ago when uh, Kahina was still there. If it wasn't for this man, Guido Rodriguez is a fucking rock in CDM for any team that he plays for. Many most recently, I know he took a year off and went to Sevilla, and he tried that, that didn't work, so he's back now. 
before. Well, that was. That's no, let me correct. Okay. That was Guido Pizarro, actually. Guido Pizarro. Guido Pizarro. Well, apologies, but this is actually he's actually younger than Pizarro. Pizarro's old as shit. Ortega. Sorry yeah. about that. But he's someone that is when he's on the ball, he knows what to do with it. He's a really good passer. He's good with his feet. But defensively, he doesn't. He acts like a center back in the midfield, which I know doesn't make much sense. But he's fucking amazing with his feet and his posture and his positioning to be able to dispossess somebody before the problem even arises. You know what I mean? Usually you'll see mm-hmm. a CDM. He's in trouble and he's a bad situation. You know why that is? That's because he got caught out of position, or that's because he put himself into that position. Guido Rodriguez, you'll never see him in a bad position. And if you ever see him struggling, it's to trying to win the ball. And it's winning the ball majority of the time. He's not a player that's going to get sent off too often. He'll have his occasional slip-ups. You know, kind of be on the first yellow, get a second yellow later in the game. But he's usually a clean player as well. And somebody that can facilitate forward, which is not something every CDM can do. He's a player that if, you know, I was talking about Sevilla, but that was either Pizarro from Sevilla. But he is a player that will be gone soon. He's, he doesn't belong in Liga MX. He's too fucking good. And uh, as Marchesino went to Porto, as America would sell him off to some team in either La Liga or whether it be the BPL or, you know, the Portuguese league as well, I could, I see him leaving. There's there's no reason for him to be here. He already won the best player in North America award this past season. And Piojo Herrera might not have a job if it wasn't for Guido Rodriguez. So I have him at number one. So to recap, I got Eduardo Chofis Lopez at five. At four, I have Rodolfo Purple Hair Pizarro. At number three, I have Edwin Cardona, the Colombian Stallion. At number two, I have Victor Guzman, which should be playing in Europe. And number one, I got Guido de Vigas, which it's a matter of time for he's playing in Europe. There's, there's no choice. So, who, who did you have for your top five? All right, all right. Uh, a lot more, well, not too many similarities, but a couple. Uh, nice, solid list. Um, I want to apologize to Victor Guzman. For, he, he almost made it, but not quite. But, you know, I agree with everything you said. He's an incredible talent. Hopefully we see him in Europe soon. Hopefully he just he just missed it. He's number six. And then also to Miller Bolaños of Tijuana. He's leading the, he's leading the, league, the league in assists with, I think, nine or ten. Thank you. Um, I was going to bring him up, too. I forgot. Yeah. Too. I know was, assisting. I was really looking it up, and I was like, this, come on. And this is not his first year either. Last He had a really great year yeah, last yeah. year as well. He's but great. He's, he's amazing, honestly. He's great, and I know assisting is probably the main of a part of a midfielder's job. But there was just like there was just five other people that, or six, I guess, with Pocho Guzman, that were just more uh, that I think are more um, talented um, in that area than he is. But you know, so just a quick shout out to those two. But you know, to get things started, from round number five, uh, for my five, I have Edwin Cardona, Crackdona, as people like to call him. Um, you know, if this if this guy was a little bit more disciplined and just a little bit more skinny, just eat a salad, bro. I don't know what they got you eating in Pachuca. I don't know what kind of diet plan they have you on, man. But they got to be nothing but just huaraches. Yeah, I mean, if Jesus if he just Christ. slims down, he could he could be number one. And I'm not joking. He's he's one of the he's one of the best midfielders that I've seen. In terms of just the vision and the passing, he has an incredible. He's the best passer in the he league. He sees plays before they're there. Exactly. Yeah. Long, whether it's long balls, through balls, short passes, 
he sees it all. He has incredible vision. Um, and he, 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 we know that, that long shot that he has, whether it's a free kick or just a shot from outside, he, he's got it all. And, you know, if he was just a little bit more, oh man, if he just, if he just had some control of his diet, man, he's a big boy. He's a chunky boy. If he, if he just slimmed down a little and got a little bit more discipline, not got, not get hot headed as much, he'd definitely be number one. But for now he's number five, just from his natural abilities. Um, I don't think there's any question. When 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 you look at a Pachuca game and you see the passes that he makes, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, at number four, I have Brian Lozano from Santos Laguna. Uh, I know a lot. Some people may classify him as a forward. I still think he's a he's midfielder. He's a forward. I classified him as a <laughs> midfielder. I had Pizarro as a forward, so we were flip flopping. Oh, I got flip flopping. All right, I got you. Eight goals, though. Jesus, the Sun was having a hell of a season. He's having a hell of a season. He's having the best season of, I don't know, of his life. I don't know what he did in Uruguay, but definitely of his Mexican career. He's got eight goals, six assists. I mean, that that when your goals and assists are somewhat similar to each other and are above five, you know you're having a phenomenal season. Brian Lozano is definitely having that. Um, uh, it's it's one of the reasons that Santos is the best team in the league. He has a lot to do with that. Uh, he's 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 small, but he's he you know he has he's ha- he has that velocity. He has that long shot. He has uh, he has he has the passing obviously with the assists and stuff. He can slide through people, you know, because of his height. Uh, he's another player that America had that they didn't really do anything with him. He barely played. Chucked him off. Chucked them off to Santos, and he's just been thriving ever since. Um, he's definitely a threat. Uh, you know, he just broke into the Uruguay national team now, so hopefully we'll see him more in like you know Copa Americas and international friendlies. And hey, imagine him assisting uh, Cavani or Cavani and Suarez. Suarez. I'm telling you, Jesus man, that counterattack would be scary. I'm telling you. Um, so that's why I have a number four. At number three, I have Angel Mena from León. This guy that burst onto the scene after he was basically... No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, he is a midfielder. Come on now. But I have him at three. After Cruz Azul completely forgot about him. Like, no one was talking about him then. Then he goes to Leon. He's suddenly the top scorer of the Liga Mekis last season. And almost steroids won the does that to you. But no, I swear <laughs> to God. I've, I've literally... It's statistically the season he had last season... It's a fucking anomaly because it makes no fucking sense. Nothing leading up to it. It shows that that pattern is going to be consistent with that happening. It's like, you know, four or five goals, three, four assists, fucking explodes, leads the league in goals and assists, and leads Lee onto a fucking championship. It makes no sense. I don't know what happened. His on the ball play didn't get any crazy or anything like that. He might have got away with a few more moves than he usually wouldn't have, but. There is, Jesus Christ, man, there is, I, I'm still this day, I'm scratching my head. I don't know what happened last season and what's happening this season. He's still doing really great, but it's last season, it's like, yeah. you know, if this was the Olympics, they'd be, they'd have, they'd be testing his ass right now for, uh, he, like, steroids <laughs> or some type of enhancers, because, Jesus Christ, I, I don't know what it is, but he's fucking phenomenal. And it's because of that season that I have him so high. And he's still, he hasn't, you know, it's not like he's fallen off this season or anything. But, yeah, he, he burst onto the scene like no one ever has before. Um, if he would have won that championship, good God, put this man in the Hall of Fame right now. Because, yeah, he he is just, he can do it all, basically. Um, when, you got, when you got the assists and the goals to go with it, 
Um, he's got the leadership. He's, he seems very level-headed. He's, you know, he's a leader on the pitch for Leon and for the Ecuador national team, you know. Uh, it, it's, you know, he's just, he's great. You know, that's all that needs to be said. And, you know, this season he, he, he's gone back a little bit just because of more people that are, that are in the Leon front line with him. I mean, you, you gotta look at, you know, the, the, he has to share the ball with, you know, he's my Sosa now and Leo Ramos and, you know, JJ Macias is more involved now than he was last season. So, you know, that, that, that could be why those goals and assists have gone down a little bit. Maybe if they weren't there, he'd still be having the same season as last year. So he's he's tremendous, um, and it's weird that I have him at number three because at number two I have one of his teammates, and maybe some people might say I have him a little high, maybe. But I have Luis Montes at number two. I know. All right, uh, all right. I'm gonna go ahead and head out. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Luis Montes, yes, he is old. I get it. I get that he's over thirty. But Chivas guys, trading for him confirmed at the draft. Uh, but I, that would be a real Chivas move to get nine, somebody like five nine years million, past prime. nine million, and uh, and and we give you three players. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as he heads to Chivas, watch him look, look like he's never touched the football in his life. Uh, Jesus but, Christ, uh, him, but, him and Peralta are going to be in the bag drinking forties uh, for practice. Like Jesus, like, what is ha- what is going on right now? <laughs> But, uh, you know, going back to why I have him at two, I mean, this guy, he still got it, man. I know he broke everyone's heart with his heart-wrenching injury before the 2014 World Cup. He was going to do big things. And I think if not for that, um, you know, horrible injury, he would have... A lot of people like Moreno, too. He would have probably played for Arsenal. That's a good thing, but Max got a BPL. Crazy. So, like, after that, you know, his stock kind of went down. But uh, he's bounced back in a huge way. I, I just think, like, I, I'm just doing this from a purely visual perspective. Because when I see Leon games and I see Montes, the way he moves around, I mean, he can get to the box. He looks like Messi out there sometimes, even at his age of 33. Well, I mean, they, they're the same age, I guess. So, yeah, he looks like Messi out there. <clears throat> the way he just slides in, you know what I mean? through defenders like that i mean it, it he doesn't seem like this this guy's 33 years old he has incredible vision as well not as good vision as cardona i will admit but like everything else like he's got it he is a great leader for leon to have he's a leader that not only can talk the talk but he can walk the walk you know what i mean he you know because there's a lot of older captains that you know have the experience but maybe you know can't you, you can't do the same things that they did. I think Luis Montes still does. I think he has, uh, I believe it's, I forgot how many assists. He has five assists, which is great. A couple seasons ago, he was leading the league in assists. Um, he's got like more than five goals too. So he, he, you know, it's it's something to be said. And I think just look at a Leon game and look at the impact he has on the field. When he's not on the field, Leon's productivity definitely goes down. And then at number one, and you have the same one as Guido Rodriguez. Everything that you said is what I've been saying for months now. The second Guido Rodriguez leaves America, which for his sake I hope is soon, because you know who wouldn't want to play in Europe and have a bigger profile, especially when you're trying to break into the Argentine national team. But the second he leaves America, America is going to go down. Not in a big way, because they have a lot of other players, but unless they replace him, and it's not going to be easy. 
it's they're they're definitely going down. He is holding that team together. He all the good stuff that they do, he moves the ball from the defense to the attack like no other. He is an absolute unit. Nothing gets past him. He he has great footballing IQ. He was named, you know, like you said, the player of the entire region for a reason. Um, I think before Ivan Marcone left Cruz Azul, he was the only one that could give him competition. Another great Argentine CDM. But now that he's gone, I mean, Guido's the only one. And, you know, like I said about Pablo Aguilar for the defenders, in terms of just, like, the midfield power, the prowess, the, you know, what you want in a midfielder, Guido Rodriguez is the entire package. He's definitely... If we were to do a top 10 list of, you know, whatever, regardless of position, Liga Mekis, this guy is definitely top five for sure. And uh, I just, I'm just wondering how long he has in, in, left in, this, in Mexico because he's definitely, more than any other Mexican, I think, he definitely needs to go to Europe because of the talent that he has. So that's my list uh, to recap. Number five, Edwin Cardona. Number four, Brian Lozano. Number three, Angel Mena. Number two, Luis Montes. And number one, Guido Rodriguez. What do you think about that? <clears throat> Honestly, that's a pretty good list. A lot of, and you're going to see a lot of flip-ups on my forwards just because I didn't put him in the midfield. I understand Mena might be that, but midfield shouldn't be leading the, you know, the, the whole league in goals and assists. So that's why, you know, I change up on a couple other categories. But as far as I, yeah, I, I, I do like it. All right, now let's go to the forwards. The guys, the men who score the goals. The men who basically run, run the fucking league hostage. and gave them hostage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, at number five, I have the legend. The Greek mythic lord. Uh-oh. The reason I was watching shitty streams at 7 a.m. at college. Island motherfucking bolillo no <laughs> yes you do not i do swear to god i'm a chivas fan bro but come <laughs> on <laughs> you know you, you know you know what made me brave seeing uh i don't know if you followed big mx on uh on instagram but i saw the the top leading goal scorers up until you know this week and he is third not I counting guess. today friday but he's uh he's let me make sure I got this right. I have to make sure and check this picture again because he's, I think, was he nine goals, right? Nine goals. Yeah, but that's the only reason because he got nine goals. You know, most of them. No, been he's fifth. Right? He's fifth. Never mind. He's fifth. He's not third. But no, he's a leader of the team. He knows how to make the team play well. And honest to God, I feel like he holds the team hostage at times for his own personal gain, which is shit. But. <laughs> if you, it's, it's like you know, you sometimes wonder. You're like, I wonder how much coke and you know, drinking these guys are doing for four games, which should be none. But as any sports professional league, it's like stuff's gonna get slipped through the cracks, you know. Sorry, but it makes you really wonder when there's games that they handle against Atlas, where he calls on the team and he's like, "You guys aren't going out. You guys are gonna get rest. We're gonna come here tomorrow. We're gonna fucking take care of business." As far as captain for the team, he does that. He makes sure that people are taken care of. And I know it sounds dumb, and I know you guys heard it many times, but he does more than what a natural striker would do. Those days of him being that main guy, those days are gone. 
as far as being a main striker. Those days, like, he had a Thigades and, you know, beforehand where he was a high-flying guy that could play on the wing. Those days are basically gone. He's more so on the, like, more center-attacking midfielder slash forward type of deal now, and he helps try to facilitate the offense. But for that, he does need the ball in his hand. At, uh, he does need the ball on him a lot of the time, so that's really my only concern with him. But And a lot of goals have came from penalties this season, but the team trusts him enough to take them. Unless it's Oswaldo on the knees, but that's a whole different weird situation where he doesn't do they that god awful hop anymore. No, that's and uh, he, he he learned his lesson on the. <laughs> I think it was that Friday that they ended up playing in the U.S. But thankfully, that ended up getting taken care of. So you really see the hop. I saw the hop. I think one or two more times after that, but he's basically stopped and he's taking it more seriously. And I know Chivas have had a lot of penalties this season, and I think half of them warranted. I think the other half weren't. But either way, you know, as Andres Guardado once said, we want to get up against Panama in the Gold Cup in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> he said, you know, they're not going to miss if they take the penalty, so why the hell should I? <laughs> That's true. So he he's, he's, that. he's, he's, he's top five for, for, for that reason for me. Ooh, and he just, I don't uh, know, man. Well, as soon as you said it, Greek, top, top as Mexican, soon as you said Greek, I knew it was coming. <laughs> top Mexican uh, goal scorer currently in Liga MX. Macias might pass him this season, but... I don't know. Like you said, Leon's offense seems way more cluttered this year than it was last year, and not in a good way. Like it seems very, like kind of all over the place, and you kind of have to rely on certain people in certain games. And you just got to see the coach is really riding riding the hot hand, you know, Trumpetises. But all right, I got him at number five, which I was gonna piss some people off. But I'm a cheesy stuff. Sure. What do you expect? I got trash hot takes. <laughs> Come on, fight me. I, it, it'll be all right, you know. And number four is Julio Puch. All right. We're back to normal. Back to normal. But back to your regular this schedule is, program. Uh, I stand mistaken. This is the this is the first best Mexican striker in Liga MX. But uh, honestly, what <laughs> if he did switch to Mexican nationality and he was eligible to play in a year or so? Hey, I'd, he won't I'd really like to see me, that. Boy. He has joked about that shit. But I'm like, please fucking do that. I'll take another Argentine all the time. But Julio Furch at fourth, he's Santos, and he's the reason they can uphold the ball in the final third for so long and wait for players like Brian Lozano to get more involved so that way they have more opportunities to score goals. Honestly, you know, when I talk about Alan Polito kind of helping to hold the ball up and trying to facilitate the offense and through the middle, I really mean he does a good job. But I mean, Julio Furch does a fucking amazing job where he will stand in that box and he will bully the hell out of who, whichever defender he has to. And he will open up spots for everybody else where he's just like, man, that looked really easy. Why doesn't everybody else in the league do that? You know why they can't? Because they don't have the strength that he has. They don't have the patience that he has. And they don't have the vision that he has as far as setting up plays. And then just natural goal scoring prowess. This guy can fucking nail it in from any part of the field almost. And he's Argentine again. So what is there to love, especially with the accent? And if he ever switches to Mexico... I pray to God that he ends up starting over Raul Jimenez. And that's another hot take I got right there. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I got... You're of them today, aren't you? Just, oh, my God, so much hate mail. I can't fucking wait. It's going to be great. And then and at three, I have Anjomena. Who would have thunk it, you know? But he's done a really great job, not only this season, but the past season when he was... Going. Again, statistical anomaly. I'm still trying to rationalize to this day because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Leader of goals and assists in the single league season and also made it to the final of the championship. Where again, as you said, if he did that, there'd be statues of him at Lyon right sure. now outside of the fucking stadium. 
they'd have a horrible one like they did for uh for who is it called for for cristiano ronaldo and they'd make a real <laughs> one you know like the copper one right but it would be kind of, it'd probably be kind of racist because it's mexico but either way he <laughs> he's done he's done an amazing job yeah you did cover him pretty well so i'm not gonna go into him too much he did really well especially with a player whose name we shall not speak of right now but for number two I have Mario Quiroga, Argentine player for Nagaxa, forward for them, currently leading the league in goals. And that's something real impressive because when players as Brian Fernandez left, a lot of people thought Nagaxa would be hurt. You know, they lost players as Villafando. He plays for Chivas yeah. now. And I forgot that guy that sounds Russian. That's a right back. He plays for Kisasud now. But he also was Wichnowski. with Wichnowski. Uh, there you go. He, he was also with Nagaxa. But right. Nagaxa, I don't know where the fuck they yeah. find these guys. Dude, who but is their scout? Someone needs to get I, on. I there. don't know, but it's like the Miami Heat scout. It's like, who the hell is this guy? Because these guys are putting up numbers every single night, and it's fucking ridiculous. Yes. Whether it be and it's like Nagaxa's yeah. team always gets fleeced at the end of the oh, year. Everyone God. buys their players, and, and they keep and coming the back with more. Money, the amount of money they're probably fucking making after the past two, three seasons at this point. You know, you have players like Maximiliano Salas, another right. Argentine. You, I saw him play again. I always bring up this game against Veracruz, but I saw him play against Veracruz. And Legendary game. Boy, he looked like Messi out there. Put up a touchdown on them, boys. <laughs> really. But they, they dead-ass put up a touchdown. But then uh, we have Mario Quiroga. He's been the person that's been nailing all these goals in. Well, Maximiliano's like been assisting him. But he's also a forward as well there. But he's been letting it fly from any part of the field. And... This guy can dribble. This guy can be, can beat you off of it, which I know is a basketball term, but it still applies to league on especially in counter attacking culture, as who is very subsequent to no one do. But all right, he, he, he might have stuffed stab pads a little bit against Veracruz, but hey, who doesn't? <laughs> you want to get the opportunity, you, you, you take the opportunity. Right. So he's somebody that is part of the reason that Nakax is currently in the top three in league on Max, and the reason that they're going into this league yeah, with so high hopes, and I'm hoping that the Rayos are actually able to do that. Rayos, what are they called? Those Rayos, yeah. Those Rayos, yeah. Those yeah. Rayos are able to do something. This league, yeah. Pachuca is my dark horse, as I have been saying, but look out for Rayados because they really snuck up these past five, six last weeks of the season. I know they slowed down a little bit, but hopefully they can kind of ramp back up a bit and kind of start taking things a little bit more serious. But Mario Quiroga. This Argentine is is balling his ass off this season. He needs some recognition, so we gonna give him that. The number one is Gignac, the Big Mac. Of course. I come on. If you didn't have him at number one, I don't know what I would have told you. I was literally doing research, and then I'm just like, oh fuck, I forgot the guy plays in League MX. You know, <laughs> he's a he's a player that's so good. You don't think he plays in your league because you're like, why the hell is he even here? Doesn't make any sense at all. He's he starts for the French national team a lot of times because uh, Benzema got blackballed because uh, he I'm, I'm not gonna get into specifics, but it had to do with Valbuena, which used to yeah. play for uh, Dynamo, and apparently had to do something to do with the sex tape, and it got really French and really weird, really fucking quick. Really French? <laughs> no, it got honest to God. It was blackmail, sex tapes. And it had to do with a lot of culture from France where, you know, there's a lot of uh, racial tension as well. So I'm not going to get into all that. But, you know, Benzema and Zidane are both from Algeria. Fun fact, if you guys didn't know that. But Gignac, again, I was getting off topic, but he's, you know, just 
surpass Thomas Boy, not only on the sidelines that they're being thrown out, but for <laughs> goals. <laughs> I love for goals for uh, Vigitas, which is something crazy. You know, I feel like every single week, like you kind of just get used to it. It's like having a LeBron in your league where it's like, yeah. oh, he did that. Nah, well, you, you get used to it. You know, you really don't pay attention to it. You don't appreciate it until it's not there anymore. You don't you don't see these highlights anymore. A lot of people won't appreciate Gaynack until he's not there anymore. I know we talk a lot of shit about Tigres, uh, and I'm guilty of it a lot. I give him so much shit, you know, not a top four team, you know. Equipo <laughs> chico, equipo chiquitito, no me digas, ya sabes, papá. Pero they did the Adidas, you know, where they had uh, Fluminis, uh, uh, what is it called, the uh, players, they were kind of dribbling the ball from the women's team as well, and then they had people from River Plate as well. They're kind of representing everybody from Latin America all the way up to, uh, what is it called, through Chile as well as Mexico. Yeah. And then from Mexico, you think they're going to grab, you know, the biggest seed they can grab, they're going to grab Tigres, right? Fucking ball goes. <laughs> and it goes to fucking Guadalajara. <laughs> and you see an Atlas player dribbling the ball. You're just like, the blatant disrespect. See, it, it's not even us. It's major no. corporations. Adidas knows what's Ad- up. Adidas is like, do you like, much not. rather give it to Atlas? <laughs> <laughs> the two teams that Adidas sponsors in the league, and they gave it to Atlas. Jesus, Rafa Marquez is smuggling drugs in the background. You're like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. You know? And they still wouldn't give it to Tigres. You hate to see it, but equipo chiquito, pues. Que mas esperas? As my father would say. But Gignac, fucking amazing. You know, he played for the French national team. Whenever he gets the opportunity, and he's somebody that I thank God is in Liga MX because. A lot of people since then have tried to come over here. A lot of French nationalists, a lot of people from other countries, and I thought it was going to be a fucking cakewalk like Menes did, and it wasn't a fucking cakewalk oh, no. at all. And they, Menes was they, out there they, getting high. Exactly. And, and have they, you seen they those understand. videos? They, yeah, I have. Because it's fucking mess. And then, um, but it, it's one of the things that you see, and you're glad that a player like that quality and caliber is there, and that he can do really amazing if he's focused and. He gives a shit. He's in the community. He he's always interacting with fans. He's you know he's the poster child for the league at this point, and that's something that you do want to see. He's kind of like the bra for NBA, you know. But Gignac probably uh, doesn't support uh, the <laughs> probably doesn't support the government of China, you know, which is which is a good thing, as the bra does. But <laughs> <laughs> jokes aside, he's uh, lo- love Gignac, and thank God he's playing there. And please, if you guys see him. If you can see Tigres game, watch it. The guy's fucking bomb. The, the movement he does off the ball is phenomenal. He sets his other teammates up. And that Tigres team, when they're firing on all cylinders, are fucking unstoppable. From every single facet of the ball under Duke Affinetti, very strict standards. So enjoy him while he's still here. Gignac is probably, if I wouldn't say, he's top three, if not top one. And next to him is Guido Rodriguez. And third is some Mexican that shouldn't be in the league anymore, probably. <laughs> Nice, nice have? list. I think uh, our, our lists are more similar than I expected, but you know, at the end of the day, with forwards, you really can you 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 see them the most on the stat sheet and everything, so it's kind of easier to rank them. But uh, for my number five, I was at for my number five, I was actually surprised this this guy wasn't on your list. At number five, I have Rogelio Funes Mori from Monterrey. Um, I think in terms of just natural goal score, he's he's definitely up there. He knows. How he 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 can he can. I understand. Make it's just it's just injuries for me. That's the reason I didn't put him on there. 
All right. But All right. I like, see I, like I tell everyone about Monterrey every season because I get asked this. What's Monterrey going to do this year? They're fucking stacked. They got Barovero. They got three different types of Jonathan Rodriguez. They got, you know, all these other different amazing type of players like Charlie and whoever the hell else. And I'm like, listen, Monterrey is only as good as their best forward. And I felt like that they've had set up guys that can do so well as far as until they get to the final third. They're going to get as far as foot as money takes them. Now, with Jansen there, that might change some things. I have yet to see it, though. He's been scoring a few goals. Though he finally uh, debuted, a, I think, a month ago. and finally scored his first goal. So he's been improving ever since then. But he's somebody where I'm just like, wherever they he goes, he's taking them with him. If he's injured or something, don't expect him to get out the first or second round at league A or whatever. Right. No, he, he definitely has uh, not lived up to his ex- extreme potential because I think Funes Mori um, has the talent to uh, be higher than number five on my list. And, you know, like you said, uh, with Jansen coming in, uh, he's not on my list, but he definitely could be. Um, I mean, he's Dutch. He's 25. He played in the Eredivisie. He played at Tottenham. There's no reason he shouldn't, you know, there's no reason that he shouldn't be on this list. But from what I've seen so far, I just can't put him on there. So that's why I have Funes Mori, but that, that could change in the future. But yeah, in terms of just natural goal scoring, Funes Mori can bang them in when he wants from whatever. He's got a great, he, he, he's great at turning around with the ball and just smacking it in right in the small corners, uh, you know, the bottom left or the bottom right corners. He, he's great at that. And um, yeah, from a forward, you need him to score goals. He can score um, from what you know from whatever part on the pitch. Um, he definitely has the the only knock on him. He definitely can score more than he has, and he hasn't. Um, I was actually watching earlier today. Uh, they were facing Tijuana, and he did score a brace. And Monterrey did win 4-0, although Tijuana had a man down. Um, but he missed a lot of chances, like right, like really easy chances you know, clear chances in front of the goalie. Um, so he definitely has to just, you know, be more, have more of a killer instinct. But, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes. Hey guys, for some reason, this part of the podcast got cut off. I don't know what happened, but uh, uh, I, it just bled into my number four spot. And my number four is Rodolfo Pizarro, which I will mention in a little bit. But yeah, back to the show. So, uh, you know, I classified him more as a forward just because that's kind of where he's been playing on the pitch for Monterrey. I could see your your, your your definition for a midfielder, and I could see why you would put him there. Um, I think he definitely is. His abilities kind of are that more of a midfielder, of, 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 an, of a cam and stuff like that. But I put him as a forward because that's where he's kind of been playing mostly for Monterrey this season. And um, he's the fourth best, in my opinion. Um, I think he, you know, I won't get into to it too much. He did a good job of summarizing it. But, yeah, he's he's one of the most exciting players that Mexico have right now, national team or otherwise. I think he's he's got a really good, um, he, when he takes possession of the ball, he does great things with it. He's a really good dribbler. And um, definitely a guy that, that along with what, who you said, Pocho Guzman, he's another guy that definitely needs to be in Europe sooner rather than later i miss him every day since he got ousted from chivas basically for no good reason 
but he's definitely now that he's somewhere else he definitely needs to get move up to that next step and go to uh europe i know he was linked with like french teams and italian teams and stuff like that i hope he gets to a team that'll play him and uh, where he can grow as a soccer player more which will help everyone involved the national team and everybody so yeah Rodolfo Pizarro is number four at number three I have Julio Furch um basically for all the same reasons you had him uh you know with his size his strength he is you know just phenomenal um and I think everybody can see that um when you watch the Santos games he's the main attraction um when he's in the box he grabs so much attention just from his size and what everyone knows he can do with the ball, that that allows for other te- people on his team, like Brian Lozano, like Diego Valdez, uh, to to get in there and score some goals himself. So he drives that attention away. Um, you know, he, he, he he's like a center in basketball. He, he's, he's trouble when he gets into the area. So you have to keep an eye on him. And yeah, man, if he, I know he's going to, you know, become a Mexican citizen, I think in, in 2020. So if he, you know, you won't hear any complaints from me if we decide to call him up for the national team. If there's we have if there's something we need is more strikers, man. There are no Mexican strikers whatsoever. So the more we can get, the better. And we know this guy can bang him in. So I and, and you might have thought it was a hot take, but honestly, from what I've seen now, when he puts on that national team shirt, who knows? But from what I've seen of him doing in the league, I think he would be a step up from Raul Jimenez. Raul Jimenez, I don't know, man. In Wolves, he looks like an amazing player. But when he puts on that national team shirt, the holy hell do things change. You know what I mean? Uh, but we'll save that for another day. But, yeah, Julio Furch at number three. Great player. And number two, I have Mauro Quiroga. And I think you had him at number two, too, didn't you? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think I had number two as well. Yeah, so yeah, Maruki Roga too. Um, yeah, man, I don't know, I don't know who the scout is at Nikaxa. I don't know where they're finding these guys um, because it's not like they're well-known players in Argentina either um, or wherever they're coming from. But yeah, he's definitely made the most out of his first season in Mexico. What a great season um, it has been for him. Um, and, you know, he's been tremendously efficient. Efficiency is the name of the game for this guy. Um, he has 11 goals so far this season out of 15 shots on target. So that means only uh, only four of his shots on target have not gone in. The rest have all gone in the back of the net. Great, you know, header of the ball. Um, you know, just a commanding presence in the box. And yeah, man, Nekaxa have a gem with this one. I don't know how long he's going to be there. I know Nekaxa love to get rid of their players after one or two seasons, um, which is why I don't have much faith in them going into the postseason. But, you know, we'll see how long he stays there and how long he keeps killing it. For me, he's the number two best forward in the game. And then number one, I think <clears throat> there's no question about it, probably the easiest decision on any of these lists, um, Gignac. I mean, who else can you say? It, it, it little you, many times you don't have a player that is, you know, too good for their league. But I think Gignac is definitely one of those players. I mean, you look at like Zlatan or Carlos Vela for the MLS, um, certain other players in the world who you know are in a league of their own in the current league that they're playing. Gignac is one of those players, and I know it may not seem that way on the stat sheet. 
Um, he definitely doesn't do a lot or doesn't do more than he used to um, when he first got to Mexico. But even if he's not leading the league in, in, in goals anymore or you don't see his name as as often, just just it just comes down to natural talent, natural ability. I mean, like you said, he, this guy started for the French national team. He was a hero at Marseille, played Champions League football. You know this guy can play. And no matter, I know he's over 30 now, but that doesn't matter. He's still the most naturally gifted um, forward in the league today. He he scores from anywhere. And I know I said that about other players, but he really does score from anywhere. We've seen him score bicycles. We've seen him score uh, long shots from outside the box from 30 yards out. We've seen him score for some weird angles. We've we've even seen him score when the team when the other team isn't playing. So you know. Just all goals, all from all forms. Yeah, this shit vegan is pulling it back. <laughs> so, you know, he does it all, man. He's he's definitely a character. And, yeah, like you said, he is the face of the league right now. And for good reason. Um, just just a great name to have. And it definitely elevates the the power and the, and the, and the vision of the league, you know, in, in terms of the world. So, yeah, to recap... Number five, Rogelio Funes Mori. Number four, Rodolfo Pizarro. Number three, Julio Furch. Number two, Mauro Quiroga. And number one, Andre Pierre Gignac. It couldn't have been anybody else. But yeah, that's my top five forwards. Those are pretty nice top five. I'm not just saying that because I put the exact same thing. But <laughs> we're pretty good. That's, I mean, uh, yeah. The forwards are probably the easiest part about this. As compared to defenders and everybody else, you know, that's what we kind of varied and differed. But and everybody else has their own opinion. What do you guys think as far as who do you put in that top five? I know it's kind of obvious the first few, but who's underrated? Who's who? Like who doesn't get talked about? Who doesn't get spoken about that you guys think right. should be spoken of more? Yeah, I know there. I know there's a lot, and I know everybody has you know their own team that they go for that you you know you might think your players deserve to be in the top five. I mean, look at that. Nestor put Alan Pulido at number five, so anything's possible, man. Anything is possible. But yeah, guys, so that was our each of our top fives of the top five players in Liga Mekis by position. Let us know your thoughts. Give us your top fives. No top, no two top five lists are going to be the same. And I know y'all got something to say about Alan Pulido being on Ness's list. I can already hear, I can already hear the fingers typing. Can you? And I also snuck in Chofis Lopez. I want Alan Pulido. Oh, man. People are going to kill you. But don't talk about Chofis. I'll find you. And I'll probably say a rude comment. And I'll probably I just give up after that. I'll, I'll just forget. I'll just, <laughs> Twitter app probably close and I'm like, holy shit, you guys have like a whole conversation here. And it'll be like 1 a.m. because I just got out of work. But yeah. <laughs> send us send us your hate, man. Send us your hate. Send us send, your send list. Email, whatever you want to tell me. If your dad didn't hug you. It's all right, man. Just I do will. it. We need the discussions. We need the debates. So go ahead. Send them our way. But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. We ran a little long. We didn't expect this to go too long. Jesus Christ. But it ended up doing so. So we're going to leave it at that. We're not going to make this episode two hours. We're We're not our old selves. We know how to stop an episode now. We'll be back next week to talk about, um, you know, the under 17 World Cup in Mexico. They got a game this Sunday. Um, to make it to the semifinals if they beat Korea. So hopefully they do, man. Let's support those boys. And hopefully we get another, a third world championship home to Mexico. 
also uh, Veracruz. So come back. Yeah, we got Veracruz watch. We didn't we, get to it this Veracruz week. Watch and week. getting wild because the current coach is talking about writing a book about all the crooked shit the FMF does. So, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up because this shit is going to get fucking wild. It's We're talking disaffiliation. We're talking relegation. We're talking so, we're talking much, so much shit that could happen. The net ratio quantities. I mean, things are about to get busted wide open. And he's that's not weird, Trump. but that's, just keep with me on that. You want to see my taxes? Why don't we? Why don't we show these other guy taxes? What's going on? Why are you singling me out? Huh? <laughs> it's getting crazy. We'll talk about Veracruz. We'll talk about uh, the senior national team. They'll be back with the Nations League and all that. So we'll talk about all that next week. So make sure to to join us. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So Nestor. Tell the people where they can send their hate comments at. You guys can send your hate comments at Nescovelli at Twitter. That's N-E-S-Q-U-I-V-E-L-L-I. And go ahead and send me your your, uh, your even trashier takes and why Figueres will never be a top four team and why Adidas disrespected them so so hard but didn't even acknowledge them. Jesus Christ. They really had Atlas and the, the disrespect. I, I don't know how you guys do it, man, but Tell you what, it's pretty hard to find those jerseys of that small team. But also that that uh that um that Cholo's jersey of Star Wars, pretty dope. That's I'm pretty nice, yeah. Well, say, I'm gonna say dumb shit like that, but other than that, you guys can follow me on there and FMF State of Mind. I'm on Soccer Nerds as well, so go ahead if you guys are on there, you can check me out. And Antonio, let them know where they can find you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Antonio1998 double underscore. You know, let me let me know what you guys think about the episode, everything going on. Like Ness said, send me your hate, send me whatever you want to say. It's all welcome here. And yeah, uh, make sure to go to www.fmfstateofmind.com to keep up with everything in the Liga Megis and National Team world. Um, all the articles, all the podcast episodes are there, so make sure y'all go check it out. But uh, yeah, great episode, Ness. And uh, thanks, you guys, for tuning in. We'll see y'all next week.